Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about if you're a real GM. I don't know what that means, but there you go. A real GM. There's quotes around real for me. Okay, my question is, are we talking real as in, is there really a GM sitting there physically? Or are we talking, that guy can't be a GM? I believe that that guy can't be a GM. This is kind of a strange topic. Uh, It was a... There was a blog that I read. Right. Well, there was, I found this blog and I read it. Right. And I said, (laughs) what are they talking about? For me, there's a simple, to me, it's a simple answer, right? If you GM or are game master, DGM, star master, lore dungeon master, master, dungeon master, keeper, whatever, whatever you want to call it, storyteller man, referee, woman, referee, ref. If you do that, then you are a GM. And you're a real one. Well, you should be because you're actually doing it in my, from what I could tell. But this guy on his blog said, some people say certain types of GMs or certain kinds of people can't be real GMs. Right. So so I was trying not to be like, you know, just immediately attack this idea. And I thought maybe there's some, you know, there is a, a real by- reason behind the whole, you're not a real GM. Like, like maybe it was more of a, what do you call it? A philosophical idea or something like that. I don't think so, because he was against this idea of there's not a real GM. Right. This was something that... And this was things that he had heard and people had said to him personally and other people he knew that that's not the way you're supposed to do it, which I find hilarious. (laughs) I think the idea of uh, maybe raising the bar of what it... For a second, for a little while anyway, not a second, probably a little bit longer, I thought, well, maybe he means or they mean... A, a good GM, right? And so certain things might make a person think that unless you've done this, then you haven't really GM'd, and I'm using quotes, and be a real GM in the process, right? So, for example, uh, well, one of the things was if you haven't created your own world, right? Right. You're not a real GM. And I can understand that somebody may be thinking is, the line along their line of thinking is is if you haven't created your own world there's all kinds of things you have to think about when you create a world there's there is the physical world of what it looks like uh, maybe you make a map there is i mean do you got to populate it and then with population comes is there religion what are religions if there are any if what are the what Social races, makeup, what races, races popular in your world. Right. The cultures, all kinds of things come into mind. And when you, when you go through that process, I think you learn quite a bit about what it takes to create a world and make it believable. But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, whether you create your own world or you pick a world, any of them that you want to use, you're still a GM. That's a, that's a spurious argument saying that. If you don't do this, then you don't you don't you don't make it into the set. I'm trying to I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're trying to give the people telling people that they can't be a GM no. the, a, the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking that I'm thinking of a more of a mental exercise, and then and then I'll come to my conclusion. You do love to play the the devil's. I'm advocate. not playing the devil's advocate. I'm just thinking that maybe they're trying to elicit some sort of, like I said, some sort of a academic investigation or thought process 
to make you think a bit. I'm trying to eliminate what I really think is happening, and I'll, t- and I'll at the end I will give you my conclusions. <laughs> so I think when you when you go through the whole, like I said, you go through the whole process of making a world. There's all that kinds of things you learn about, and it's a huge deal, right? I mean, I've never done it. I've well, okay, I've did it very middle school, but my like my brother, my brother Felipe created a world, Cardoza. I don't know where he came up with the name. But anyway, so he came up with the whole world, and it was pretty cool. And we played it. It was Dungeons & Dragons, and we played in it quite a bit. I mean, we played years and years and years, AD&D specifically. And it was pretty neat. And, I didn't, and I've never gone through that, process, that lengthy process of making a map, populating with different peoples and all this other stuff. Only recently, well, within the last five years, the last time we went to Portland, maybe it wasn't the last time we went to Portland, but one time we went to Portland and visited my friend, I decided to run a D&D game, and I made a little, I literally made a world on an index card. It was a three by five card. I put three, three little villages on it. That was it. That was all I did. And I basically just put those on a little, I scribbled a couple of notes, and I basically said, your three villages have been existing for hundreds of years, thousands of years, you don't know, as far as you can, anybody can remember. And... Uh, let's say about 150 years ago, 250 years ago, you lost contact with the outside world. Bada beam. And now your elders want you to explore. So that's what you guys did. And so it, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it was a neat idea. Uh, it was kind of like the, the West Marches idea where they're out investigating stuff. But there wasn't much world building in that, in that whole world that I built. So I didn't make up races. I didn't make up a large map i didn't make up governments or anything like that it was all very simple and so i I, the idea of world building to me i could see that being an exercise in in wiring out everything that you need to iron out when you make a world and i think that could be a good thing for a gm to go through that's what i was thinking when when i first heard that you're not a real gm unless you make your own world and and we'll go on to the next one. So the next one was, you're not a real GM if you run modules or pre-made adventures or campaigns. Now, this one was, again, I kind of thought of it as, a, as the same way I looked at world building. If you haven't made your own module, then, I- then, you, can, then you haven't experienced that idea of, of making, uh, an ide- having an idea and then having events and stuff and all this stuff makes sense when you, when you, at the end of the game, because it takes a bit of work to, you have an idea, you have a, 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 a what is it, a conclusion and everything in between kind of sort of has to make sense. Sort of. So I understand somebody saying, well, you should really make your own module, your own venture, your own campaign to have that experience. Nope. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was giving the people that this person was talking about a little benefit of the doubt. Why? Because I was trying, I was really trying to not think the worst, all right? I'm thinking, well, maybe this is what they mean, right? No. No. I know, you, I know you're not convinced, and that's fine. And when they get to the part where if you GM for kids, then you're not a real GM, which I thought was kind of weird, too. And absolutely, I couldn't figure out a... Any kind of argument, any kind of like mental argument or, or mental discussion, the why that would be, except for, except for. Oh, and you even came up with a, I a, did. a quasi reason for this. Right. So, so people like having really serious games, right? Whether, where they tackle 
dark issues or issue or even sensitive issues, I should say. And that's probably not a game for kids. And maybe people view kids as unable to role play a role in in a role playing game. Though theoretically, kids are very good at role playing because usually because they have no problem make believe playing make believe. In fact, most role playing games all are just complicated you know, cowboys and Indians or complicated cops and robbers and that kind of stuff. So when I was a kid, it was Jedi versus Darth Vader because really there's only one bad, <laughs> one bad guy. I guess you could be stormtroopers, but they never hit anything. So to me, kids are really good at role playing in that sense because they have an active imagination. They have no problem using that imagination when they're when they want to play. So I, I know I just shot down every single argument that I'm putting forth. So what's the whole point of what these people were doing or this when they say things like that? The problem I have is there's so few people that want to GM compared to players that you would think you wouldn't want to like bar people from GMing or slamming them for not being a real GM. And I'm using real in quotes. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of groups, a lot of players would love to have more GMs, right? Because I'm, I, I look at the internet and then people are going, is anybody running this game? And it's constant. Like I'm on Facebook. I know I'm an old man, but I'm on Facebook and people are always, oh, is there, is, you know, like I'm in a lot of different groups depending on what game. Like I'm in a Pendragon group. I'm in Alien group. And they're going, is there an Alien game? Is there a Pendragon game? Is anybody going to run soon? And so GMs are in high demand and very few people step up and start GMing. So I think it's kind of a, what do you, uh, I hate to say bad thing, but it is not very, what is it? It doesn't help the hobby when you're attacking people who are not doing it the way you think it's right. And the reasoning is just, there is no reasoning to me. Like, even though I came up with these ideas of why they would think certain things, I don't think that is the reason why they say that if you do these things, that you're not a real GM. To me, it's more like the, that person is trying to be an arbitrator of who, who is a real GM and therefore is doing it right, I guess, is another way of saying it. And that kind of stuff is just not good for the hobby. I mean, when you have what it is, is gatekeeping, right? You're trying to keep people out somehow for some reason from claiming that they're re- not a real GM and you're and you're limiting, and you're like you might actually just those people might actually discourage somebody from GM going, oh, oh, if I use a, a uh, that's not a good GM. I don't want to. I don't want to be a bad GM, and so they might actually discourage people from becoming GMs. And, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? We should encourage more people to be GMs so everybody can play and be in games that they want to be in. In almost every situation that I know, there's always a shortage of GMs. When you go to the convention, though, some conventions are different than others. You know, they always put out the call for for GMs. And sometimes they don't have enough GMs to fill the space that they need or have at their convention. There's some huge ones or some really popular ones don't don't have that problem. Uh, we're not talking about good GMs or bad GMs. That's a totally different subject. But I think anybody that steps up and is giving it a good try and and really wants to run a game that they really have an what is it they really want to try to run whether it be aliens whether it be 
the newest game available, an old game. I think it's neat. I think it's a good idea to have as many people GMing as possible. And that allows more people to play. And the whole idea is to play games and have fun. Why <laughs> you look at me like I'm strange? So what do you think? You think these, these people, are, I, I think you, you're right. I think the way you were commenting earlier, you were thinking that this is just it'd be gatekeeping. Your People are not being very welcoming to, to other people in the hobby. And I don't, I don't think that is what a hobby like ours needs because it is a small hobby. I mean, they talk about, I know they talk about how much money RPGs make or D&D makes. And then you look at the overall picture of like certain other entertainment and it's it's tiny or population wise you know how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are playing but then again or play games but then you know you're talking about populations of millions or billions of people in in the world and so we people say well we're a niche of a niche in a hobby a niche of a niche yeah well we are part of the gaming hobby right And it includes all games or toy hobby, right? Because you go to like certain certain websites and games are under toys. Like if you go to eBay, you go to toys, then you go to games, and then you go to RPG. Okay, you really are old. (laughs) What does that mean? Because I use eBay. (laughs) Well, I found it a rather offensive topic myself that somebody would say somebody else can't be a GM. And I've never created a world, and I've run games. I've run I've run modules, which I found a lot harder than <laughs> because it's somebody else's idea, and maybe I don't know it as well. But that right. doesn't mean modules are are key for lots of GMs, and most GMs use them just sometimes to get ideas. Or and then one of the other ones that you didn't touch on was. If you run a one-shot, you're not a real GM. Oh, wow, yeah. You have to run a campaign. Yeah, again, I mean, I would try to figure out what they mean by one-shot. You don't get the experience of a long campaign. But in the end, you, you're, the way you, you should have seen the way she was looking at me, she's shaking her head at me when I first talking about a good reason or an idea or academic reason why they would say that. And you're right. And you're right. I agree. I didn't believe myself when I thought that they were trying to be philosophical or having a, some sort of an academic exercise i think they were just playing downright gatekeeping trying to keep people out of the hobby for their own weird reasons of whatever again one shots i mean a lot of people that's all they play because that's all they have time for right they don't have time to be in a game or have the commitment to be in a long running campaign and so and even then, most one-shots, the only time you ever really play a one-shot is at a convention. I think most are one-shots. They usually aren't one-shot. <laughs> two or three shots. Because we were sh- <laughs> I, remember, I remember I made a one-shot for a convention. And, and when I ran it with, with my friends and Jolene was in it, it took three sessions of like three or four hours to get through. Well, three hours, so nine hours. And that would have been a really long one shot <laughs> or convention game. I think the more the more this person says you're not a real GM if you do this, if you do that. I mean, the list. I mean, who knows? I don't know how much longer the list could be. It could be as long as he, this person wanted it to be, and basically just eliminating people that from the hobby. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. And then, and then what? What is their ultimate goal? 
by saying stuff like that. I think that they want to be the only GM. <laughs> well, which doesn't make any sense because as if you're the only GM, that means you don't really get a play. That also means that they're the only ones in charge. Right. I think this kind of nefarious ideas of what this kind of topic is, right? The behind it, because why would anybody? I mean, I would never say, "Oh, you know." I may, I may say, "Well, it wasn't a good game, or it could have been a better game if you did this." But that's a totally different topic than saying you're not a real. That the fact that they use the term "real GM" and it's kind of like a qualifier, right? I'm not sure you would say that to someone unless you like really knew them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, a stranger telling me that, I'm like, okay, uh, who the yeah freak are you to tell me something like that? I mean, I don't care who you are, right? If if you don't mean anything to me, why would I care about your opinion? Especially if you're never playing my games. But uh, what was I going with that? I, t- 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 <laughs> I said you would never tell somebody oh. that they were that it was a bad game right. if you didn't know them well. I think it's something that you say to your friends, oh, that's, I don't know, what, what else is comparable in other outside GMing or outside of gaming? I'm going to tell the story about Ian playing with the guy that was stoned. The guy who, remember at the convention? Oh, yeah. He was a GM, and Ian and Steve went. Steve didn't stay, but Ian stayed the whole time because he said, well, he took the time to make this game, to create it. Did he really really have a game? I don't know, (laughs) because I wasn't there. But Ian said, I didn't want to leave him alone because he had put so much effort into it. No, I I understand. I've been there. I mean, I've been there. I've been there. Remember that that the Twilight Two Thousand game that that I ran that I didn't run. I'm sorry. I played in, and it was very difficult to stay, and a lot of us stayed. There, he had eight nine people in his game, and I remember two or people two or three people left, but we just, but the majority of us stayed, and I'm like, and I'm like, why? I don't even know why I stayed. And I think you really wanted to play Twilight 2000. I really wanted to play, right. And I think I think as gamers, we're more like that than we are like people saying, oh, you can't, you're not a real GM like this. Because I think as, as players, we want the GM to be successful. We want the GM to run a good game because we are the benefactors of that, right? As players, when we play, play blah, blah, blah. When we play a game, we're really hoping that it's a good game. Nobody goes to any kind of game and say, I really want to have a bad experience. <laughs> That's true. Right? So when you go to a game and you're like, oh, you're giving this guy a chance. Okay, it's a little rocky. He seems a little bit unprepared. Seems like this game's not finished, but I really want it. I really want it to succeed in my eyes, whatever that is. Right? Whatever success is in my eyes, which for everybody should be just to have fun. But that game was absolutely not fun, right? And and it was and it was just wasn't fun. And I stayed in that game, and so did my other companions. And it was funny because after after the game, we felt like we we become friends in the foxhole, right? <laughs> because like the next day, I ran into a couple of those people, and we talked about it. It was like, man, we had been through it together. And so we survived, and I think that was kind of interesting way I think, how we felt. I think more gamers are like that. They'll sit through the bad game, the bad GM, or something that they're not having fun with just because, one, they signed up for it, 
that's a six hour slot that they have. They have nothing else to do, right? So they're going to hope that it's going to get better. But none of you said, oh, you're, you suck as a GM. <laughs> you shouldn't do this. Well, one of them had run, this guy had run into the GM the next day. And he said, and then the guy asked him, he goes, what'd you think? Right? The GM, he goes, well, he goes, it wasn't good. He goes, uh, it just wasn't good. I mean, it seemed like it, and he, and he had the same arguments that I would have told him. Not arguments, but whatever you want to call it. I say arguments because I took a lot of law classes when I was an undergrad, and so that's what you call them. But critiques is good. But he said it just didn't seem finished, and it didn't seem like you were done making the adventure. And I, th- and I think that the, one of the things was is that you didn't have the characters finished. We didn't really have a good idea what we were supposed to do. And I think in a, and he goes, in a, in a con game, there can't be that much we gotta have a direction to go to and stuff has to be ready to go when we come play us finishing the characters and it was no like i had i had a book he had a book and that was it and there was like i said eight or nine of us in the thing and people were trying to buy stuff and i had a tablet this was years ago years ago and my tablet was really slow but i had it on my tablet i had the pdf and that's all we had for rules so i had my tablet and I and I lent my book out to two other people, and he had his book out, and it just was just this. It was just not a. But see, that is the difference between a good game, a bad game, or whatever you want to call it, and not just labeling something like. I'm not gonna say he's not a real GM. He was a real GM. He, he was a real GM. He was just unprepared or un. You know, his game wasn't ready for the convention or to be run, and which I, with a little bit of a little more. It, would have been maybe the next year it was ready because all the characters were done yeah i mean and i think you know there was a game in there somewhere there was an adventure it just needed to be more polished it needed to be more we as G, as players needed to be more uh given more direction to start off with and i just thought it was kind of strange how it went but i wouldn't call that guy but at least he game. tried he tried um and I'm not defending him in any way. I'm just saying that you can't say he's not a real GM, whether he's a good GM or a bad GM. So you brought up that thing. guy with Ian. I forget his name, but the one that was high on pot. Is he a real GM? Yeah, he he probably shouldn't have smoked right before he uh, or ate or whatever right before he started being running a game. But yeah, and I I wasn't there, and I don't remember. I don't think I've really talked to. G- Ian to see what exactly he did, why it took so, but did they even play? I have no idea. I think all they did was uh, make a character, and he and I, was it a homebrew? Was it? You don't remember? Yeah, I think it was sort of. He he said it was a like a D and D game or Pathfinder, and it was a homebrew instead, and he was a little off. Which, and there was only one player, right? Uh, uh, Ian is the only one. Oh, Ian and Steve only showed up, and then yeah, Ian and Steve left. Steve left. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this stuff. Which is pretty surprising because Steve will sit through a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. So he, this guy must have been high off his rocker. <laughs> Just a, a hint, unless you're playing with a bunch of people who are high, you probably don't want to be high as the GM. Or uh, the same thing as drunk, right? I wouldn't want to oh, play, yeah. play with a person who's drunk. Well, it would be kind of hard because... Well, though I did once do that because I was at a, I was at a convention game and uh, they were... It was a convention game where you were drinking. Yes, it was a. It was, it was part allowed. of the game. Uh, it, 
it was run by some group that called themselves the I forget what they call themselves the drinking something role playing game group. They were out of the valley, so I could totally understand why they drank. <laughs> but anyway, so they were game pretty smashed, right? The GM and the, and they were friends. Yeah, and yeah. I just happened to be like one of the one of the non friends that came in and played in this game. It was a super pulpy game. It was super fun. Only later did I did I realize that the well Felipe was in the game and he told me he goes the GM smashed. He's really drunk. I'm like, yeah, because he's still starting to slur his words a little bit. But what 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 was interesting to, for for that guy? He must have been like he was very high functioning, right? Because if it was me. I'd be gone, right? I mean, because I don't drink. So one or two drinks and I'm pretty messed Tired up. Tired and fall asleep. Well, I'm pretty drunk, right? And so he had been drinking, drinking, drinking. And Felipe goes, oh, then Felipe told me. I mean, I, was, I knew he'd been drinking, but I didn't realize how much until he was like, but he was super quick. Like, Okay, this is the difference between being observant and not tall. I was, I don't know. Yeah. But Felipe goes, he's really, he's really quick still. He just, like, somebody gives him a, a prob- problem and he's, like, super fast to react to it. And, and not, like, stupid reaction, but, like. So maybe he wasn't as drunk as he appeared. I don't know. He was pretty, pretty slurring his little words at the, toward the end of the game. But it was a fun game. It was really interesting. So I can't say that I wouldn't play under a, person, a GM that was drinking. So, so. I'm just saying that. I was, I was going to say that, but I, obviously I. That's Changed very, your mind. Very, very rare situation that would be in. Yes. I know we kind of gone off tar- topic about the real GM, but I think, I think the problem with this idea is that it's just playing gatekeeping and trying to keep people from. I mean, do they really want to keep people from being in the hobby or having enough play enough games to for players to be happy? I just don't understand why people would say that unless it's really like. I don't know. I mean, you encounter these people in the world. I don't think any of those people are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> or people I really know or, or even consider them acquaintances where I would talk to them on a regular basis, even if I don't know them. The only situation that happens in is work. Some people at work, I absolutely have no interest in holding a conversation with. So I don't. But that doesn't mean that if they came up to you and said, I want to play D and D. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, I, yeah, because you would talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think you're right. I mean, I wouldn't start. Uh, uh, you wouldn't start the conversation, right? But I wouldn't start any it. conversations, but and you know, because I'm just not interested in in a lot of stuff that they would have to say. Not that I, not that I know everything about them, but there's certain people like, man, they're just like, okay, whatever. And anyway, so, but other than that, I don't think I have any friends that would. What is it? That would detract, and most of my friends are gamers, right? Just, just the way it is. But most of them are very, like, they want to positively infa- impact the, the hobby, role-playing games especially. When you go to conventions, there's some people who are asses, and it's just, just the way they are. But for the most part, people are enthusiastic about playing games. When, you go, when we go to a convention and we're walking, let's say we're, we don't walk very much because usually we find a table and we sit there and play games all the time. The other people come walking by and they're like, oh, is there room to play? And a lot of times if there's room to play, we say, yes, a total stranger. And we teach them the game and they play and, and we have fun and that's the way it goes. I mean, we, I've done it before. I've gone, oh, is there space to play? Yeah, go ahead. Sit down. And I think in that sense, that's the kind of community that 
gamers are. Well, and and when you're talking about GMs, it's if somebody wants to to run a game, you should always let them so that they have the experience of doing it, right? And then you may actually have somebody else that will run a game, and you don't have to run it. <laughs> yeah, gotta run all the time. Which is Saul's Saul's complaint. His complaint all the time was. Now he gets to play in all kinds of people's yes. games. Yes, and a lot of them are one shots, and a lot of them are own modules, and and they're pretty good games. And I would, I would. I would say they're all real GMs, <laughs> and so and they're all really good GMs. You know, well, that's what I, I, I Shannon Morgan Bay. I think they all ran. They've all have run. Uh, what is it? Modules and printed modules or published modules and end games. So, so all of those arguments about people being real or not real GMs and they run one shots are a bunch of crap. When you turned me on to this subject, I was reading the article. And I'm like, I just, I couldn't understand, and I still can't, other than... The article was saying that you should never do this. Right, right. It was very contrary to that kind of idea. And the person, like me, had a hard time understanding why they would do that. Because, like I said, this hobby is really small. It's run by just everyday people. And when we go to conventions and we go play in public and play games, like at a game store and stuff, most of the time it's very welcoming and people want to let other people play. In fact, they want other people to play and therefore expand the hobby. And people who think like this are against that. And I don't understand why. You would want more people playing. Unless, I mean, I guess, I guess the only thing I can think of is a curmudgeon or a grumpy old man who believes that, well, you know, you could only play within these parameters. And if you're outside of this, then, you know, that's not... And, and you're not real, you're not a real role player, you're not a real whatever. And that... They're and that, not doing it right. Right. And I think that that's just grumpy people thinking that there's only one way to do things and their way is the best way and the only way. And I think that's just crazy. Crazy in, in such a small hobby, that's what I'm saying. When we should be more welcoming to anybody that wants to run a game. If you think that they're not a real GM or whatever, then help them, right? And these people don't seem that type of that type of group that would help somebody become a GM or be encouraging. Well, you know, especially, well, you're not a real GM if you do this. Like, okay. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> you should always encourage people to do whatever they want. Right. Within reason. But definitely, if they want to run a game, you should assist them and not try to stop them. Right, right. You shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't, be a bar to entry is what I'm saying. It's good to experience different people running games because it it's a different experience each time, right? Versus right. if you're with the if the same person is always running the game, then you might believe come to believe that this is this is the only way that it's done. Right, exactly. And I've said that myself. I like when we were playing as young kids, and then we became adults playing uh, teenagers, and then adults. We more or less played the same way. Me, my brothers my brother and my friends and that and every once in a while we play with other groups or we play with other people at a convention and then we experience how other people ran games in fact that's that has how, how I became a better GM in my book is by seeing other people run games like oh wow that's a pretty neat way of doing things I had not occurred that had not occurred to me even if somebody had told me something seeing it in action is different than and experiencing is different than reading about it or somebody telling me about it. And I think that's how we learn. That's how we get better. And then as you go to different conventions, you like, oh, like the last convention I went to. No, wasn't the last one. 
KublaCon, we went to KublaCon, I ran Alien, and there was these people who had never run and never played in a game other than D and D. And I was like, and they're like, "Wow, this is really cool." Yeah, can you buy that book? Where is it? I, yeah, it's already been published. It's been out for a couple of years, and uh, and they were super excited about it. And I'm like, "That's cool, right?" And but I'm not gonna say, "Well, you know, you can't really GM this unless uh, you come up with your own scenario, <laughs> right?" Because well, which would be silly because I mean, it's I, alien. I mean, that's how everybody learns, right? When they first get the the box or the or the core book that might have a, a they always a, have an adventure in there yeah usually or the quick start rules to something it has an adventure in there why because they're trying to show you how they believe the game will run as best as it can and help you learn how to play a lot of those quick start rules uh, adventures they have like the mechanics so you kind of learn the mechanics you know, a step at a time. They're not going to throw the whole kitchen sink at you. And they're just like teaching you how to play the game. And like, and a lot of people, that's how they learn. I mean, when you read a, when, you know, if you've never played a role-playing game and you open up a big old core book, you're like, holy, what the heck is going on here? And I, and I, that, and that's happened to a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, who have said that when they first bought D&D as a kid, as a teenager, even as an adult, when they never played before, they open up a book, they open up the starter set, and they're like, what am I supposed to do, (laughs) right? Because all they played is Monopoly or Life or Parcheesi, whatever it is, and they're like, oh, I've heard how people do this, and you open up the, the rule book, and you're like, and I and um, I could understand. It's a lot easier now because there's YouTube, so you oh, can yeah. actually see people do it. Right, 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 right. But like, let's say you let's say you're trying to get into the hobby at whatever age it is, and you open up and you see they're talking about, you know, there's always that what a role playing game book, a role playing game is in a in a role playing book. Some people have decided not to put that in there, which I think is kind of a mistake. But hey, whatever. And and it tells you what it is, but still, it's like I mean, can I, I can't imagine unless I had my brother telling me how to play or what we're supposed to do or what it was supposed to be like. Opening it, just trying to. I mean, we have a hard enough ro- time with board games, right? When we don't, we don't open a board game, look, look at the rules, and p- try to play the game. We we have to look at a YouTube video, have somebody tell us how to do things. Because if, we don't have to, but if we want to do it right, we we try. Right, and so I think role playing games are even more complicated because there is no pieces to move. Right, so you are the pieces. Yeah, and I I think it's just just I think it's a it's a kind of a difficult way a difficult hobby to get into if you've never experienced it before, no matter what age or what level you're you're at. So when people are saying, "Well, you're not, and you're not real," well. It doesn't help the hobby, and okay. that's not a good thing. And those people, so you should always encourage people to yes, GM when they yes. want to. And if they say they want to GM, you should definitely encourage. Oh them. yeah, definitely. And they're all re- real GMs, and whether they're experienced or not. Good or bad, as long as they take up the mantle, you're not instantly going to be good right away. And you learn from your mistakes. That's that's a good thing. Yes. And I think you know the more you run the better you get at it. It's like it's it's like training a muscle or doing something over and over again. Just don't make me run. You make said you the run? more you run, it's like training a muscle. <laughs> the more you run a role-playing game. <laughs> GM. The more you GM a role-playing game, the better you get at it, no matter what. Okay, that's better. No matter what. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with... Saul. And Jolene. And you have a good day. <laughs>